Good morning. Uh, continuing on in our reading. Uh, yesterday we didn't finish uh, Genesis chapter 41. And so let's just pick up on verse 46 again. Okay, so yesterday we uh, got as far as uh, Joseph uh, finally being recognized for his gifts, finally being uh, recognized for his talents. Um, and the cupbearer remembers him. The Pharaoh has a dream. Uh, I mean, God could have spoken to him in any way to preserve the land. God could have used any measures, any individuals, but he was specifically preparing, grooming, training through adversity and through difficulties and even through brokenness uh, for this time. And so we were encouraged yesterday to be reminded uh, not to um, uh, uh, freak out or not to uh, be so pressured with time. God has not forgotten. God is keeping track of time. Uh, of all the infinite places that Christ could have come in at just the right time, Christ came in. Uh, we, 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 remember, we uh, uh, realize that we're not the full story. We're one part of a story. And, and so finally it ends and Joseph is put into this incredible high position of leadership. And so the, the narrative, you know, like if it were a Hollywood movie, um, you know, would end there. You know, finally, after all his troubles, finally, after all his investments, finally, after putting in all the time, you know, having the good attitude, finally God recognizes him and then he's, he's uh, uh, successful. And he's second in command of all of Egypt. Uh, he has all the pomp, all the notoriety, all, you know, everyone knows him. He's, he's, he's famous. Um, but the chapter doesn't end there and the story doesn't end there. And so, um, you know, in our, in our faith and in our life, there's our worldview and then there's our eternal view in relationship with the Lord. And I think sometimes we can, if we're not careful, we can mix the two. And so the, the tendency is, is to seek God for all the blessings. So you, it's both. You know, no, no one is like, oh, I'm only using God to get his blessings. You know, I don't think, you know, that's, I mean, maybe, I hope not. You know, but, but it's, it's like, yeah, I want, I want to seek after God. But oh, certainly I also want the blessings. I know, I know that that's also available to me. Um, and so, so the danger is then how do you know? How, how do you know? How do I know? where we've crossed the line, where at some point it just kind of, the lines get blurred and all of a sudden, next thing, next thing we know, the only reason why we're seeking God is for the blessings, right? Like next thing you know, you, like if you ever recorded and listened to your prayer, man, it's all about asking God for stuff, right? Uh, uh, similarly with, you know, our, our parental relationships. Um, I think it's a constant battle. I think it's something that we have to be aware of. Um, so certainly in this aspect, Joseph has attained to any, anyone's in the world's standard of success. You know, in terms of uh, status, position, title, uh, uh, probably wealth as well, if he's number two in command. Um, and so he gets all that, but I, I want to show you something. Um, in, in the midst of his success, I want to I show you something. Okay, so verse 38. Sorry, not verse 38, verse uh, 46. Now Joseph was 30 
years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven years of plenty, the land brought forth abundantly. So he gathered all the food of these seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and placed the food in the cities. He placed in every city the food from its own surrounding fields. Thus Joseph stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until he stopped measuring it for it was beyond measure. So like the sand of the sea and beyond measure was this provision. Now before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. He named the second Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Verse 53, When the seven years of plenty which had been in the land of Egypt came to, the, came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come. Just as Joseph had said, then there was a famine in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, whatever he says to you, you shall do. When the famine was spread over all the face of the earth, then Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. The people of the earth the people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe in all the earth. Amen. Um, for someone who has attained to such heights as Joseph, uh, uh, you know, literally from rags to riches, from prison to, to uh, the palace, um, you can see in verse 50... Uh, that that there's still a lot of bitterness. Can you guys? I mean, I read it, but can you guys see that for yourself? Like, I don't have to explain it, but but I will anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I mean, it's in the names of his children, right? His bitterness is literally displayed in the names of his children, and so when I read this, I I, I see myself and in and in some of the thoughts I've had in my past. And in verse fifty one, I mean, you would think that. Having a child is like the most joyous occasion and like, I don't know, name, name the child something like of a blessing or, or for, for his or her future or, or you know, uh, uh, infinite amount of uh, uh, good things or, or good reasons or good vibes or uh, uh, future hopes. But both his children's names are a reminder to him of his bitterness and affliction. And so what you see here, well, I'll show you the name. The first one, his, the name is Manasseh. And basically, uh, uh, he, he names him Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my trouble. So his children are a reminder for him that, uh, um, you know, my family, you know, forget my trouble and all my father's household. He wants to forget his family as if they're not alive. As, you know, he, he wants to communicate that his family, that hurt him, means nothing to him. This is the extent that he's gone, right? To, to, to say this. Uh, uh, and so, you know, forget all my troubles and, and, and my father's household. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. I want to forget them. God has blessed me so much. Why should I care what they think of me? Okay? Uh, verse 52, he named the second Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of affliction. And... Uh, 
again, through his uh, uh, difficulties, uh, this one, you know, God has blessed him. But it still has a nuance or, or a tint or flavor of, um, you know, he's thinking about his family. He doesn't want to think about his family, but he's thinking about his family. Um, and even if we attain to the heights of our definition of success, um, the, the story does not end there. Our success is not the end goal. You know, the highest position in your industry, uh, a, a certain standard of living, you know, if, you, if you're on your way there or to, to relative degree, is, is not the end. That's not the end goal. God's story for you is much greater. God's story for you is much greater than your uh, material uh, or physical uh, gain or comfort. God's end goal in your material or, or worldly success or even in the process or even in not attaining really is to restore your broken family. God's end goal is to restore your broken family. Amen. How do I know that? There's two examples right here. One, scripturally, right here, Joseph. We're going to read in the in coming chapters how in the midst of all this, in the midst of the narrative of the cupbearer, of the Potiphar's wife being sold, uh, the seven years of abundance and storing up, and Joseph has moved on with his life. Joseph has created a new narrative. Joseph has left behind and and, and to spite his past, he's, he's you know, naming his children as a remembrance that I've overcome. Uh, and, and then seven years of famine, 14 years goes by, he's doing what he's doing, he's building, he's attaining, you know, step by step, inch by inch, you know, birthday parties, celebrations, palace parties, you know, just, you know, just, just all those scenes you can imagine. And all the while God is working through 14 years and unbeknownst and unknown to him, God has a plan. To bring his family back to him. In the midst of all these four years of just going on with life, of just doing what you do, all throughout this, God has a master plan through the famine ages ago, even before he knew there would be brokenness, that there would be restoration. And in the midst of his just going on and moving forward and pushing forward and all that and progressing and climbing the ladder, God has in mind to bring circumstances that would bring slowly I mean his family is literally on a collision course with Joseph in his palace uh, I was telling Annie um, uh, just a couple days ago uh, that I, I, I've been in this funk I, I've been in this emotional physical and spiritual funk and, and, and just honestly between us like uh, every year uh, preparing for the fast and whatnot, uh, I, I gear myself up spiritual. But this year was a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, 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 it was a little bit tougher, physically and emotionally and mentally. And uh, and, and Annie certainly can notice. I, I just kind of was in the swamp. And and what happened was, um, you know, my parents had come, my brother had come, and a certain events had unfolded. They they came to visit from California, Los Angeles. 
And I, 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 I may have shared with, uh, uh, for those of you who are here on a Sunday, but you know, uh, uh, I got some gu- guidance and some, some mentorship and, and some of the things about my anger issues, which I've been very public about, and it's really rooted in, in past hurt, rooted in family. And so I got some really good advice and counsel that at some point to really uh, uh, get right before God and to really uh, um, get my own household in order that I would have to confront my family and I would have to uh, bring to surface some of the past hurts and pains. And, and, and one mentor, uh, uh, you know, guidance uh, counselor said, basically, until you do this, you'll never really uh, be able to move forward. And um, yeah, I had a really difficult time with that because I didn't want to bring back such memories that were so painful. You know, I, I wanted everything in me to say things like, well, I've, I've really forgiven it. And, and it's okay. God's forgiven them. God's forgiven me. But, but there, there was something there. And so, I, I, you know, I, I told, uh, uh, you know, my mentor, uh, uh, my, my, my guidance, you know, counselor that, well, I'm not going to force it, but I'll look for it and I'll pray for it. So my parents came uh, uh, and they've come before. They've come before. And it's been fine. Um, but new context. And my brother came. And I don't know what it was. It was like the most intense like spiritual attack I've had. My dad got sick uh, uh, in ICU for four or five days. Uh, after that, he had to be quarantined, uh, separated from the family for about four or five days. So vacation didn't end up being what it was. Uh, all sorts of issues. We had a, a, a 10 uh, round trip tickets to Phuket. Uh, we had a, a three hotel rooms, five nights, all that stuff. It, it, by the grace of God, everything got refunded uh, because we got a medical note from the doctor and everything. Um, but this is what I told Annie. I said, I felt like two worlds collided. I felt like the guy I had become over the last 20 years, planting churches, being a part of SP, being a missionary you know, in, in a, a, a Northeast China by the border, and, and all the things, and, and meeting my wife, and having my, my children, and just, just this identity, this, this thing that was built, that God has been, and, and then I felt like, when my parents came for some reason, this time more than in every, any time before that, like all my past just kind of collided with my future. And, and I was in such turmoil and, and I was in such, I, I, was so, I was just really struggling with that. Um, it was meant for me to, at some point, look for an avenue an or, an, or an opening to, to look for an opportunity where my, my parents and I can reconcile in one particular area. I make it sound like such a big deal, but it's really one sliver. Okay, if it's a, if it's a whole pie, it's like like a like a like an eight percent you know slice of the pie. You know everything else since then, ninety two percent, it's been incredible. Praise my parents and all that. But th- still, there's some deep rooted pain that, that has never been dealt with. And um, so so what ended up happening was I wasn't able to go as deep as I wanted with my parents. But as a result of them being sick, I got really close with my brother. You know, almost nine years apart, almost ten years apart, uh, we we really haven't had a relationship. And a lot of brokenness in my home uh, is, is rooted in, in, in a lot of different aspects. Um, but, but what I came out with was two things. One, man, I, I, I felt, I told Anna, like, I felt like I found my long lost brother. Even though he's been there my whole life. You know, I, I felt like God gifted me with a brother. We really connected. We really uh, began to build this relationship. And I can tell you that we really haven't had that relationship. And so... Um, one aspect, two worlds colliding, it's almost like God wouldn't let me forget my past, even though I kind of want to forget my past. Does that make sense? Right? Because God loves me, 
And as much as I want to move on and forget my past, he wouldn't let me because he loves me. Because he knows that there's areas in my life that not even he himself, the Lord, can minister to until I'm vulnerable and broken and open before him. It's almost like I have to become a child again. It's almost like I have to become a child again and allow the Lord Jesus to surgically come in and minister and bring healing. And I've been avoiding that uh, uh, you know, broken bone, that painful procedure of realigning it so that it can grow stronger. I, it's like I've been avoiding that doctor's appointment for years and it hasn't gotten better. And sure, I, I, I'm relatively successful and I'm a good guy and people like me, right? And, and <laughs> but but, it, but it, you know, it's still there and it manifests. You want to know where it manifests? It doesn't manifest in my church. It doesn't manifest to my grab driver. I'm the, actually, I'm the nicest guy to any driver that ever, I've ever taken or anyone in service or in any capacity. You know where it manifests? It manifests in one place. Nobody ever sees it. It manifests in my home. That's it. And it, it, it eats me up. And it's, it's, it's deflating and it's defeating. And I want to overcome that. And I don't want my children to have to fight the battles that I should have fought and overcome to protect them. I don't want to, uh, uh, I want to cut this off. I don't want to, uh, uh, sorry kids, I did my best, didn't work. Here, now it's on you. And, and, and I hope you guys can do a better job than I did. Um, and so, so God wants to restore. How do I know? Because God has a plan for Joseph. He thinks his story is over, but the story is, is, is just, the, the good stuff is just beginning. His family is on his way to Egypt on a collision course with this new man, Joseph. And so I know that God cares more about your family than your success. I know that God cares infinitely more about your relationship with your parents, your siblings, your grandparents, your past, your history, your, your, your children now, your siblings now, your uh, uh, you know, uh, family to come, that God is infinitely concerned with that. How do I know this? Also, one scripturally through Joseph II, the gospel message itself. The gospel message itself. The whole narrative, the whole story of Christ's death, resurrection, the, the whole culmination is all about a broken family. It's about a family, God the Father and His Son uh, and His children, us, who were separated and broken because of sin. Joseph, of all the characters, uh, uh, characters of all the uh, historical individuals in, in, in the uh, Bible, uh, is probably, in, in my opinion, the, the clearest or closest depiction of Christ. I mean, you know, David is a, is a, is a Christ type uh, but we know that David committed adultery. Moses is a Christ type. You know, he, he uh, uh, delivered or, or had the mass exodus and saved the whole nation. Uh, but he murdered someone. Joseph, seemingly, as far as I can tell, has, has done nothing wrong. Right? He, he's always done everything right. People just couldn't handle uh, 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 the weight or the status or the favor that he had. He had so much favor that people despised him. And so Joseph really is that picture of someone who was separated from his family, set into a pit... For a season had to endure suffering so then that he could be elevated to the highest place so that what does the, the scriptures tell us so that the abundance of provision the grains the provision was as many as the seas you could not count it it was it was limitless 
And so Christ going to Hades or into death for our sins, it's, it's like he came back out and he had an infinite storehouse of grace. As, as far as the eyes could see, you couldn't count the granulars uh, of, of grains of, or the sands of the seas. And so Christ in that same measure, if we come to him, can give us infinite provision of grace. And so the whole gospel message and story, think about it. The whole thing we, we subscribe to, the whole messiahship and worship and creator and Genesis and revelation, everything has to do with God and his son being separated, Jesus going into the pit, the father, even though it's not his fault. It was never his fault having to turn away because of him carrying the sin of the world. And as a result, because of his obedience and favor, now all nations and all peoples can come to the infinite storehouses of grace. And God restores his relationship with his son, because, even though it was our sin. And then through Jesus, he wants to restore all of us. The Bible, the gospel message is about a father who lost his children and wants his children back. God wants to heal his family. God is healing his family. His sons and daughters, uh, uh, nations and, and tribes and tongues are, are at war with each other. God wants to heal his family. And so this is the narrative. And so if you understand even this passage of Joseph and all the other passages and, and the whole uh, centrality of the gospel, we understand that the primary focus of God is to restore relationships. And our theme this year is stronger relationships, healthy relationships, stronger marriages, stronger uh, 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 you know, relationships with your work, stronger relationships with your church, with your, with your leaders, with people in authority, with, with ministries, with, with ultimately with God. Um, we had uh, our first staff meeting of the decade this past Tuesday. Sounds so big, right? It's, it's, it's the same as usual. <laughs> um, but uh, I wanted to have everyone reflect on two things that they're most thankful for in the past decade. And I'd like to hear a lot of things happen in 10 years. At the same time, I wanted to hear... Um, what were two things that you really regretted or really failed? I wanted to get the juicy details, you know? That's like the, the fun stuff, so to say. Uh, so we didn't even get to the good stuff. We spent like 30 minutes just talking about our failures, our weaknesses, the things that we had hoped would happen, the things that we had hoped God would release, or the things that we wished we had, all those things. And we went around and, and sharing, and uh, six of us, seven of us were there going around and what was incredible as I'm, as I'm listening, minute after minute, you know, over 20, 30 minutes, and, and I'm just hearing and getting to the last person, and, and I had started off, no one, not a single person had mentioned, I wish I got this business deal, or I wish I had got this job, you know, I think it really would have been good for me, or, or man, I missed that opportunity in this, in this property or in this, not a single mention of, of anything that has to do with status or, or comfort or material, Every single person, right, without going into details, every single person, it had to do with relationships. I wish I had treated my wife in such a way. I wish I had uh, been more, more proactive with my children. I, I wish uh, 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 I had evangelized or shared the gospel with this member of the family. Every single person, uh, 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 you know, I wish God, I, I wish I could have done more to preserve or protect. Everything had to do with relationships. 
I mean, think about that for a second. In the past 10 years, all the things that we were saying we wish we could have done more, we regretted, or if we, if we had a second chance, it all had to do with relationships. Isn't that so telling? Isn't that so revealing? That when, when, when we're really truthful in our heart of hearts, the things that really matter to us are in fact relationships. And when those relationships are hurt or broken, then we start focusing on the, the peripheral stuff, right? It, it's easy to say, well, I don't want to think about those hurts in relationships, so I'm going to focus on my job. Well, I don't want to hurt about my, uh, I don't want to think about my past and, and, and my family and my hair or whatever, and so I'm going to focus on, 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 on this. And, and so it, it was just incredible uh, uh, to see this uh, uh, scripturally that God is in the business of restoring our families. God is working in your life right now through both the pluses and the minuses. God has in, in, in His plan a way ultimately, as you've been praying, somehow to restore and bring healing and restoration. Uh, uh, I'm still on my journey. You know, uh, I, what God showed me was, well, this is a multi-layered thing. Uh, uh, it's not just you and your parents. It's you, your siblings, your, fam- your whole family. And so Lord, the Lord gave me a, 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 a snippet or, 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 a, or a drop of, of the picture. And, and I realized, and I came up, well, yeah, I got to get right with my brother. I, I got to get right with my relationship with him. I have to build a relationship with him. And that that, for me, I, I'm, I'm seeing just a part of it. I don't see the whole picture. Is part of the process of the healing. Does that make sense? And so I got really excited when I saw that. I, after the fact. You know, I was like, wow, God, is this, like, you know, I, I, it, this is how it proceeds. And, and there's healing there. And I, and I felt really good about it. And, and I feel like for the first time, we really connected. And it's just, you know, this has been kind of the struggle for my parents. My, my parents have really struggled with their relationship with my younger brother. And for so many years, honestly, I was like, I don't care. You know, I have a right relationship with my parents. That's good enough for me. And God said, hey, no. You get right with your brother. You want to get right with me? You get right with your brother. And uh, man, some, some, something's starting. And, I, and, and, I, and I'm excited to tell you the story. It might be 20 years from now. But still, I'm excited to tell you the story because I know God, through the scriptures, and through the whole gospel narrative, is working on my family. And I absolutely believe he's working on your family. Amen? Amen? Let's bow our heads. Smite the worship team. If Joseph had a third child, I, I actually don't remember. He might have many more kids. But if the first one was, uh, he made me forget my household, or I want to forget my household, I want to forget my troubles um, for Manasseh and uh, his other son, uh, Ephraim. If he had a third son, I think he would have named him God Healed My Family. <laughs> and and that's, that's the narrative we're going to see in, in the next day. Um, well, let's just come before the Lord and, and um, say, Lord, I give you permission to dig up those dead skeletons. Lord, I give you permission to dig up my past. Lord, you weren't ashamed to include Perez uh, from that scandalous relationship between Judah and his daughter-in-law who was a part of your family line. You weren't ashamed. You didn't hide 
your history or your past or, or, or your family's sin. Lord, you redeemed it. Your glory and your grace came through, even through it, so that all nations and all peoples and all generations. This oh Lord, Holy Spirit, would you come and just move and minister to each one of us. Help us to reconcile and get right. God, we so desperately want to get right with you. And then you tell us to get right with our brothers. Right? The offering, you bring it. You have all these blessings. You hear, hear God, here's a huge gift. I want to. And the Lord says, man, if you're not right with your brother or your sister, leave the offering at the altar and go get right with him. You basically, you want to get right with me, get right with your brother and sister. You say you love me, but you don't love your brother and sister. That, that doesn't compute in God's kingdom. It's, it's a lie. And so, Lord, we come before you and we see the hope of the impossible through the scriptures, through Joseph, and through the gospel, through you, Lord Jesus. And, and we know and are reminded this morning that your coming, that your death and resurrection has everything to do with our first family, our eternal family with you, and the healing and restoration of our earthly family, and the healing and restoration of the global family as well. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.